0: Hello, welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast, Andrew Musgrove here, and it's a pleasure to see I'm joined by Newcastle United legend Warren Barton, all the way from the United States. You can see the sun shining in the back there. Uh, We've got a weather warning for snow. Warren told me he has a weather warning for being too hot. So, yeah, how are you doing, Warren, in these strange times?
1: Yeah, it's it's been difficult. Obviously, the sunshine makes it a lot easier for myself and the family to to get through it. But it's been tough times. Obviously, the COVID situation is is not easing up the same as in the UK. Um, and then you put on the top of what's happening with Newcastle at the moment. It, it doesn't put you in a good mood. But you have to be positive. And as I said, it's uh, I moved there here twelve years ago, and it's been a great opportunity for me and my family. Um, but obviously, I keep a big big eye on, on what's happening with Newcastle and obviously Newcastle United.
0: So let's just sum up then your feelings of what you saw last night. I think we messaged at half time and I I joked to you that you're going to have to come up with some jokes yourself to make everyone a bit happier. And then it got a lot worse because obviously Newcastle lost. I mean, how did you feel watching that last night?
1: It felt like a joke because when you put a team that haven't won a game all season. And, you know, Sheffield United um, have got a good coach with Chris and uh, and a decent group of players that are trying to get out of a hole. And, you know, you you want them to do well. You feel for them. But when a team like Newcastle United go there and go defensive against a team, as I said, that haven't won a game, uh, they look nervous, they look fragile. And we've let them grow into a game. We've let them dominate the game. We've let them create chances. And uh, it was a bit of disbelief because I couldn't believe. There was your chance really to emulate and, and put a stamp down and say, no, we are going to go forward. We, we've we been in a, a, a poor run of form. We've come against a team that's bottom of the league. Again, I echo myself. And we still allow another team to get dominate the ball, dominate possession and dominate uh, chances against us. I feel for the players. I, I, I do. I think there's a, a sense in the players that they want to go and express themselves. But obviously the coach and this coaching staff, they lead the way and they have their say about how the tactics are going to be put out there. But It was purely angered, disbelief. It was uh, boredom because of the style of football. Um, And as I said, it's going to be a long 45 minutes uh, on the social media. And this is not someone trying to be controversial or or proving a point. This is someone that cares, that that feels for the club, that feels for the people that work in the stadium, that feels for the city, that obviously played for the club and was captain for the club as well. So I I feel what's going on and I want better and I expect better. I want to... Now, Alan Shearer said it, well, you know, is it too much to ask to be ambitious? Is it too much to ask to try and win a game? And my answer would be no. We understand Liverpool, Man City, that's the benchmark. But we can compete. We can challenge. We can put a group of players forward that's going to be determined to win a game rather than sit back and hope that they're not going to lose a game. And unfortunately, we lost it. And you said it as well on social media. You could sense it was coming. You, you could see it a million miles away. And that's scary for me. That's scary that people could see that Sheffield United was going to beat Newcastle United. And that's something that we've got to change drastically because if not, we're going to get pulled into a relegation battle. And I really, to be honest with you, I wouldn't fancy our chances at the moment.
0: Did that disbelief that you mentioned start with that team sheet when you saw it was five at the back against a team that can't score goals, against a team that hasn't kept a clean sheet all season, against a team, as you say... You know, I hadn't won a game in the Premier League all season, and yet Newcastle set up five at the back, um, three midfielders who aren't all that mobile, they're not all that creative. The team sheet just, it was, it was a scratch the head of the head of the moment for a lot of people.
1: I think not just that team sheet, but I think it's been coming. As I said, I don't go into a game now being optimistic. I really don't. And let's be honest. I know there was glimpses against Liverpool and it's a hard four-point. I mean, playing against Liverpool, you are going to raise yourself. They do go forward. They do leave a little bit of space in behind. They do want to go on the front foot. So it's, a, it's an end-to-end game. We used to have great games against Liverpool. I know we lost 4-3 twice and, and everything else. But we would go and attack them. At the moment, we don't look like it. So I wasn't surprised in the sense of what's been going on in recent weeks and months. I'm not just talking about the last five or six games. I think even when it was going well, it wasn't particularly enjoyable. But when you're winning, it covers a lot of holes. It covers a lot of cracks. But now the light has come out and we've seen, we've been knocked out of two cup com- competitions, OK, against Arsenal, who have reached some form. But, but Brentford, we went down there again to, to let them dictate. And you've seen them play. You see how they want to play. So why don't you tactically nullify what they're doing and exploit their weaknesses, which we didn't. We, we, they're poor, Brentford, when you attack them. And that's that's been shown throughout the the, the campaign, you know, the go against them. You, you, look what Spurs did. They went against them. They got two early goals. The game's over. We go down there and allow them to dictate. We're the Premier League. You know, we're, we're, you know that's what is so frustrating. If we're going to get beat, let's get beat having a go. Not, not just throwing the towel in before it started. And I, as I said, I'm not saying it was just this game. This has been coming. This has been coming for a number of weeks and months. And I think if we're all realistic we can even go back towards the end of last season and say, yeah, we was winning games, but was we getting off our seat to, to really cheer it on? And I, I think the play, I think we've got some talented players. I think we really have. I think we've got players that, that want to express themselves, that want to go forward. But as you said, if you're sat there with five and three holding midfield players and you're leaving Wilson up there, and he needs only one or two chances. He's not an Alan Shearer. I, I get that. But he's a striker that you give him two or three good chances in a game, he's going to put one of them away. And he's starved at the moment with with having the ball, you know, and Joe Linton gets a lot of criticism. He works hard. But when he was at Hoffenheim, he never played as a number nine. He was always in and around. And when he's played next to someone, I think, in my opinion, he's done reasonably well. Um, And I said, it's it's just very disheartening and very frustrating. I think you can tell. And, you know, it's not something that's just happened overnight. It's been slowly draining away. And I mentioned it as well. You know, it's... It's like this bloody pandemic. It just keeps draining you. You know, you think you're taking a step forward and then you go back again and you have to try and keep motivating yourself. So, um, but, you know, we've got the players to do it. We just need, as I said, we need someone to grab this club by the scruff of the neck, whoever it is, the coach, whatever, whoever it is, and it should be a coach like Steven Gerrard's done and get it back up there. Get it up there challenging with, I'm not saying with Man City or Liverpool, but a Wolves, an Everton, a Leicester. You know, come on, don't tell me we can't do what West Ham's doing. Please, I mean, we're, we've got enough quality there to, to do that. And that's where it, it is so frustrating for everybody.
0: You mentioned Stephen Gerrard there. Do you think he would be able to, to come in and, and turn this around? Because obviously you've, you've, got the, you've got the takeover hanging over Newcastle United and we all want an answer one way or the other. Um, do you think he could come in in that situation if, if Steve Bruce did leave and, and, and manage to take Newcastle up the table?
1: I, I'll go to the situation when Sir Bobby Robson took over from Rude Hullet. Bobby turned up on the Thursday, Thursday afternoon. He'd come in and he was with, with the fans. There was straight away a lift in the area. He'd come into training on Friday. He just went round and shook all our hands and said, you know, how are you doing and good luck? And he, he said one thing to Alan Shearer. He said, why do you keep coming towards the ball? Why do you keep coming? And Alan being Alan said, well, the other fella told me to come and show. And Bobby went, just go forward. I want you to face the goal. We, we played Sheffield Wednesday the next day and beat him 8-0 and he scored five goals and it wasn't a big tactical turnaround it was just a momentum change and a mindset i want alan i want wilson's facing their goal i don't want him 50 yards away in my own half coming to get the ball and link up them i want him facing their goal i want him scoring goals you know we're trying to hide a little bit in you know personnel and tactics and system Bobby made the game easy. Kevin Keegan made the game easy. We knew exactly what to do. We played on the front foot. We had good players. We played a move and we created chances. And, you know, the higher up, and I know the game's changed. I, I totally get that. And that's why I said you've got to be a bit more tactically aware. But the fundamentals of playing for Newcastle United should be that you go out and entertain and win a game. It shouldn't be that you try and draw a game out. And And unfortunately, that's what we're getting. And you know, would it be Stephen? Would it be someone else that would come in? I think there would be, because I think everybody's so low at the moment. And Steve being a this that's just what I, another thing that's a little bit confusing with me. He's a Geordie, and he, he understands what he should do. He understands what the club and the fans want. And he doesn't look like he's enjoying it. Now, so Bobby and Kevin, when they come in, even when we got beat, and it wasn't that often, to be honest with you. But when we did get beat, there wasn't doom and gloom. It was like, "Come on, let's roll our sleeves up and go again." Look where we're working. Look what we're we're, we're playing for. Look who we're playing for. And they're not they're, they're, that's not there. When Steve wins a game, it's like, uh, you know, it, it's like, "Come on, man, enjoy it." it you know, when I, we win a game and we go over to the fans on the away day, wherever it was, Old Trafford or Anfield, and they're jumping around, we just made their week. He looks like you going to the dentist. That it's a it's a problem. He should really enjoy it. As I said, you know, what a captain, what a leader he was, but enjoy being in charge of a club where he was born and bred and told who he was going to support. Not sit there and just let it happen. You know, that's that's just my perception of what's going on at the moment. I might be totally wrong, but that's what I'm looking at and seeing. I'm not seeing someone that's really enjoying it and understands what that club is all about and what you should be doing for the club.
0: You mentioned there that this result last night against Sheffield United had been coming. The performances had been poor, but Newcastle were picking up points here and there enough to have this eight-point cushion they've got on the relegation zone. Does it worry you now that in the last few weeks, the results have started to to match the performances, i.e., you know, Newcastle haven't got anything in the last seven Premier League games um, and, and they, or they haven't won in the last seven Premier League games and they deserve to on the basis of how they've performed, whereas before they were picking up points even if they didn't deserve
1: them. Don't you think that's sad? That's, that's what we're talking about now is that we're eight points away from the relegation zone. You know, that's for my mindset, we should have be, been when we had been picking up points is then a little bit of confidence. You start playing a little bit more with a freedom and you start winning games and you should be looking up rather than, well, oh, that oh, we've lost a game. Let's go back to shutting up shop and we're we'll trying to drain a game out and, and maybe nick it on a set piece or if we get a penalty all well and good. Um, That's, for me, how sad it's been. And again, you know, uh, it doesn't help when your coach comes out and said, well, my brief is just to keep you in the Premier League. We are not West Bromwich Albion, with all due respect. We are not Sheffield United. It's Newcastle United football club that should be not challenging for winning the title. I'm not delusional to say, but we should be challenging higher up the league. As I said, we should be in that European spot. Then we can, like Sir Bobby did, we got into that European spot after being near the bottom of the league. We were never going to get relegated with the players of Shea Given and Gary Speed and Alan. We were never going to get relegated. We were just in a, in a funk, in a bad situation with Rude Hullett. Bobby turned it around. Two years later, we're, we're beating Inter Milan in the San Siro. That's how quick the game can change. And unfortunately, you know, we, we seem to be in a rut at the moment where we're, we're not utilising what we've got to its potential. Um, and it is concerning. You're right. And it is concerning that we're, we're looking over our shoulder I just think there's you know, there's three or four teams that are probably worse off than us. Because I, I echo what I've said before. I don't think the players are poor players. I think it's how they have been set up. I think there's some good players there. I think there's some players that can, can win games for you, that can challenge. If they're let loose and a little bit more freedom, I think they can they can get on a roll and challenge and, and, and compete. That's all we want is to compete. And if we get beat, we get beat. But in the next game, we're going to compete again and win the next one and that's how our mind should be. We should have gone to Sheffield United and said to them, "They are petrified. Do not disappoint them. In the first 20, 25 minutes, we're going to win this game, get two or three goals, and then it's party time. We can enjoy ourselves." But it wasn't. It wasn't that like at all, and it's a mindset that we go into the games. And as I said before, it's draining. I feel, you know, I look on social media and fans, I have got lots of people that are still keeping contact in the northeast, in Newcastle. It's like, "Come on, man. Let's 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 enjoy it. Let's win a game." Do you think they
0: set up not to lose yesterday against Sheffield United? A lot of accusations. Of that's what Steve Bruce's side looked like. What the team sheet looked like. That they just set up to make sure they did not lose that game. And like you say, given how Sheffield United have been this season, surely you've got to go down to Bramall Lane and, and 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 get three points and at least look like you're the better side, which never happened throughout the whole ninety minutes.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, the, for for me, that they was there for the taking. I would have made sure the day before on the, the board it would have been don't let us be the team that they get the three points. We ain't going to be that team. Let it, whoever they got next week, I couldn't care less, let them uh, get the three points against them. It ain't going to be us. It's not going to be what happened with Sam Allardyce and Derby County. That ain't going to happen to uh, this, qual- this club and this uh, squad of players. And emphasise that. Um, and, and as I said, I can't, I'm not in that changing room. I wish I was, but I'm not. And it just seems that the, the mindset is we ain't getting beat. And I know people say, well, you, you do go into games and, and not want to get beat. I, I, I understand that. You know, if you are going to Anfield, the first 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you say, right, let's keep it nice and tight. Let us get into the game and then we'll be OK. But you don't go to someone that hasn't won a game all season and say, go on, you have the ball, you do what you want. We're going to sit back here with eight of us and my centre forward who can score goals and just defend and try and, you know, uh, get a goal on a counter-attack when we're 60 yards away from your goal how
0: much responsibility do the players have to take you know they're on the pitch i mean okay they've been given whatever instructions but do you think i mean towards the end of the game we didn't really see anyone shouting organising, and just trying to grab the game by the scruff of the neck i mean how important um are the players in this situation in terms of taking responsibility
1: Again, I'll go back to, to my experience, you know, with, with Rude Hullet, you know, it was a little bit, let's just keep the ball. I don't want it to leave too many gaps. Just retain the ball. we we'll are pass it and move and we we'll wait for that opportunity. That wasn't our way. It wasn't Gary Speed's way. It wasn't my way. It wasn't Alan's way. It wasn't Ferg- Duncan Ferguson's way. Our way is to play on the front foot and play aggressive foot. We, we was used to winning games. And we wanted to go out there and, and try and win games. Um, and the players, again, you know, there's enough experience in that room. I'm sure... When they're sitting down in the canteen, having a sandwich, having a coffee or whatever they're doing after training, saying, we, we've got to do better. And they have, you know, they've come out and, and said, you know, we, we take responsibility and that's theirs. But when you are told as a coach, as a, as a, as a player by your coach, listen, we need to do this. We need it. And you can tell that they're being restricted. Because Yedlin is a player that wants to get forward. I've seen him at Seattle. I've seen him f- throughout his career. He wants to get forward. He can't with all due respect, defend as well as he as he should do. But he wants to get forward and express himself. So you're nullifying what he wants to do and you're putting him in a situation where he's not always the most comfortable at doing it. And that's not down to Yedlin and I, I could pick other players as well. When you're, you know, uh, Meggie, who wants to go out and go forward, Almiron, he wants to express himself. But if you're getting him 50, 60 yards in his own half, how, is, how on earth is he going to get up to the... The opposition penalty box and create a chance for wilson he's got he he's got eight players to get past and 70 yards it, it's just you know when you look at it in a cold light of day you're thinking really is that really happening because when we sit here and talk about it as we all do and analyze it and we all you know have a, our own opinions is that we'll come up with the same thing why is that happening why is it when we've got players that can hurt other teams that we're keeping them far away from their goal <laughs> you know, it's it, it's Australia it is laughable in the end. You are but there or you can start crying one or the <laughs> other. Um and that's just as I said, you know, it's it's just my mindset and I was lucky enough to be around coaches and I was like a sponge, I take their ideas, whether it was Terry Venables with England and Euro ninety-six or as I said, Kevin or Bobby or Kenny Douglas, whoever it was, you take bits out of them and you you, you absorb it and as a player you understand there's a a, a fundamental way of playing, but also there's players, Wilson is a player, that wants to express himself and go forward. So sooner or later, he's going to have to say, you know what, Gaffer, you might want me to do this, but I've got to get out there and score goals. I'm not enjoying it.
0: We've got two excellent goalkeepers at Newcastle United. We saw Debravka back against Arsenal and he, you know, he kept Newcastle in the game. Uh, and then we've seen Cardalo all season just keep Newcastle in games, keep the score you know, low. And again, again, Sheffield United you know, you had to pull off three or four really good saves. Even there was a couple even before sending off to Ryan Fraser. It's not good, though, is it, when consistently your goalkeeper is man of the match and more often than not, you've actually not picked the three points.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge concern, you know, and two excellent goalkeepers, two very good professionals. You know, I was lucky with uh, whether it was Pavel and, and, and Shaka at the beginning and then Shay Given and, and Steve Harper as well. To, you, know, you need two good goalkeepers. Um, but yeah, it's a concern when you know, your, your best player is normally your goalkeeper. That's not a recipe for success. Uh, yes, you want them to make saves and both of them have, have come in and done well. You know, no one that's had the injury and Darlow's been excellent. I love his attitude. I love his desire. He epitomises what we want at the club. Uh, and I think he's doing very well. You know, he's got uh, a, a good confidence about himself. He's got a personality. Uh, and to play for Newcastle, you need that. And uh, he, he's shown um, his mettle and he's shown that he's good enough to do it. And we're, we're going to need it. But it's, it's again, going back to what I've said before, you know, your best player should be, I mean, our best player was our number nine <laughs> or number 14, Ginola, or it wasn't number one or number two. Certain games, they keep you in it and was outstanding majority player of the season you do want to have your offensive players being player of the year because that shows that you've you've gone out and been uh successful in the in the final third and, and, and won the majority of games um but both of them have been good and, and you're right you know you know thank god we have gone because it, you know if we hadn't um it could have we could be in a relegation uh situation already
0: dread to think where we would be i'm going to pop this comment on the screen here from Will Gallagher, there's been a few like it. For those listening on the podcast later, I'll just read it out. He says, I used to love watching Newcastle go to the matches, and now I'm not bothered. I don't even look forward to it when we play. It's horrible to watch. How do you feel, Warren, when you read fans like Will, you know, putting that point across? that They just don't enjoy watching their side anymore.
1: I feel sad because I know what that club means to the people up there. They, they work hard Monday to Friday to go to that football club, and they'd do anything for it. They'd die for that club. And that's, it may sound a bit stark, but that's the truth. And with all the jewelries I know, that's what it means to them. And then for someone to say, you know, and that's not the only one. Well, we've heard lots of people say that I had season tickets. My dad had season tickets. He used to, you know, 10,000 waiting lists and he finally got his ticket. They want to give it away. They don't want to go. Uh, And how sad is that? Because we're supposed to be in that in that city, The you know people that want to come and watch us and entertain them and entertain them people for ninety minutes. So when they go in the pub or they go home or they go out for dinner with the family, they can say, "Well, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. We had a good laugh. Okay, we won or lost, but uh, it's sad when you have people that think so much of the club um, that don't want to go and don't don't get interest. Um, And that tells you something about what's been going on. Um, But I want to emphasise it could change. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm. you know, optimistic with things. I look at clubs. Um, I look how things can turn around quickly. Um, and I know if that club was going in the right direction, then people would be at the stadium. They would be queuing up. They would be wearing their shirts. They would be singing the songs. But at the moment, they've got nothing to sing about and nothing to get up about. And that's, as I said, that's sad because it means so much for everybody in that city.
0: What do you think Steve Bruce is trying to do at Newcastle? We've heard about this him saying it's, it's a work in progress you know it's now 18 months on arguably there is there is no work in progress we've seen several different formations and you know obviously then we've, we've seen them lose to Sheffield United what do you think Steve Bruce is trying to do and does that work in progress um admittedly he hasn't said it in a couple of weeks but is is that a fair comment from Steve Bruce? is he still allowed to say this is a work in progress
1: He's allowed to because he's, he's the manager of the club at the moment, and he's got his own opinion. Uh, do I agree with it? No. Um, a work in progress. You're going to see stages of improvement, and we've just said there it's very similar to what we see after a month of, of being in charge. So there's not been a progression. A work in progress. You maybe see like a group of younger players coming in, or we're changing a formation and, and a start. Are we going to press high up the field? Are, we're not. We're not a count. Can I just say as well? We are not a team that counter attack because we haven't got enough pace and we ain't got enough. We're too far away from someone's goal to have counter-attacking. We can't counter-attack in our own 18-yard box. We haven't got that personnel to do it. But what we have got is athletes and players that can compete and can go back into it. So this work in progress is not really rubbing on me. And again, that's not a detriment. I've been in the game long enough. I've done my... A licence, pro licence, whatever it is. So I understand all the jargon that goes with it and, and how you have to handle the media and, and everything like that. But a work in progress, you're seeing through time a progression. I think we can all clearly say we're not seeing a progression because we're getting beat by a team that have not won a game all season and could have actually beaten by more. We, go, we hide behind a VAR decision. It could have been, if it wasn't for the goalkeeper, two or three nil. And then we are... Really panicking because we're the score line is like three nil. So, this work in progress, and as I said, you can say what you like, but results and performances, and you know, you can be a tactician as well and look at stats. Like, I I look at the modern game has changed. You look at every stat we the last six games out of our 17 18 games, we haven't had a shot in the first half, we have not had a shot in the first half. That's a stat. There's other stats where we're minus nine goal differential in in our league so there's there's some stats as well as just looking at it with your eyeballs and thinking you know what this is not really this is not really working for me this work in progress is not really happening um and that's that 's the cold truth really i think and and what I said you know yesterday and uh, this morning is is the truth i 'm not trying to be controversial i 'm not trying to be clever i care I care about a club um that gave me so much. And as I said, when I used to walk into the training ground or walk out at St. James's Park, I'd treat it like it was my last day because it was the best time of my life. Um, and that's what it means to me. And I'm from London, <laughs> you know? I'm, me and Les were born and bred in London and Rob Lee was born in London, but we knew exactly what them fans, because of what Kevin Keegan, Sir Bobby, Lee Clark, Peter Beer told us. We didn't we didn't need to to write it down, We we knew. Uh, and it hasn't changed. Can I just say the same mindset has not changed from when we play till now. You've got it. And Rafa said it a little while ago. You know, it's not just the fact of, you know, playing for a club. You're playing for a special club. You're representing a special football club. And you should endear that. You should enjoy it. Because then these, these people, this club, don't come around too often. Uh, and it ain't another club. It ain't just a normal football club. Like when Rude said, it's just, well, it's a regional game. It ain't. It's, it's, it's them and us. That's that's what it means. Sunderland and that. That's what it means. And unfortunately, some people get it. Some people don't. Um, and I'm, when you think of a jewellery not getting it, then it is a concern because every jewellery I know gets it.
0: You mentioned there, Rudhuller, and obviously he went on a bad run of form and it was slightly different to what's going on now. But, you know, the results weren't there. When you're in a dressing room as a player and the results aren't happening, but the man just fighting on, what is that like? I mean, what do you think will be going on now inside the Newcastle United dressing room today? Will players be pointing out that they don't think this is right, that is wrong? We know there was a conversation at a, um last month where kind of everything was laid out and then I think a tactic change came along. Is that the sort of thing you expect to be happening, especially now after they've been beaten by the bottom side in the Premier League?
1: I would hope so. Um... Again, going back to to Rude and, and our time, a little bit different than Steve Bruce at the moment. Rude's was personal. You know, Rude was telling people like Rob Lee, Stuart Pearce, Nicko Stabizas that he didn't want them in the club and keep away. I mean, these are top professionals, good people, um, and you can see that what, the careers that they've had. Um, then he went after Alan Shearer uh, and, and made it personal with him. Um, Steve's is a little bit different. Steve's is the the tactics and the mindset. I can't see too many people falling out with Steve. I don't think the players. What the w- players would be is frustrated. I remember sitting down with you know Steve Howie and uh, and and uh, and Gary Gary Speed um, with Rude, and it was like, yeah, you know, we need to do something. You know, we and then we'd say to Rude, and it was like, well, no, this is what we're doing, and you know, Alan's not playing, they're getting the derby, and and this is happening, and so you do voice your opinion, but ultimately they are the coach, um, and, and your players are resilient, and they go out. But I would. S- I think now Steve and his staff are sitting down and thinking, what do we need? To, I would hope. I would hope. I mean, as I said with Steve, I played against him. He was a marvellous captain for Man United, a top professional. Uh, whenever I've come across him, he's been a, a great guy. Uh, I, I don't think I'll be on his Christmas list, but he's not personal. This is not a personal thing on Steve at all. It's just about a club that I care about and the situation with Rude Hullick, he didn't really care. He, I mean, Ruben never lived in the area. He, he rented a place and then left and I don't think he's ever been back since. I'm um, not that he's probably welcome too much but he, he's, not been, he's not been back since but that was more of a personal thing rather than what Steve's happening at the moment is a tactical thing and a mindset of how we're going into games so I think it is slightly different but I understand players should be asking questions Steve should be sitting around with his coaching staff sitting around as players you'd expect your senior players or even young players to come out and have an opinion and say what do we need to do let's get on the same page and as I said, I'm not naive enough, but it can change quickly. It can Look what happened with Arsenal. They get a penalty, a free kick and a fluky goal. Now they're on the run against Chelsea. And now you know—now their mindset's changed. I'm not saying it's going to happen with that at the moment. Maybe the fans not being in the stadium could help some of these players and, and the, the manager as well, because the, the, the frustration that I'm hearing is, is, is hard for everybody to take. And it would be hard for players to deal with that in that stadium. But, you know, it it can change quickly. And I'm sure we've got the personnel, but it is a mindset. It is a belief. It is a, as I said, someone needs to grab that group of players and club around the scruff of the neck and say, this is what we are. And we ain't going away from it. We're not diverting from where we want to be. We're not going to be a team that lets the opposition dictate when they're bottom of the league. Home or away. I couldn't care less. You know, that's, that's what we've got to do. We're not naive enough to go toe-to-toe with Man City, but we're trying to exploit his weaknesses and what he wants to try and do and how they play. Um, but we don't see that. We, we, we don't see it.
0: Looking at the game last night, do you think the players are still fighting for Steve Bruce? A few questions on your, your opinion, of maybe he's lost the dressing room. We've seen uh, the likes of Gabby Bongho on Talk Sports, say that didn't look like they were fighting for Steve Bruce. What, what's your view on that? Because, I mean, the, the, the players, a lot of players have come out, not recently, but, you know, when he first got the job, to say, brilliant manager, brilliant guy. And he is a lovely character, you know. But do you think they're fighting for him on the pitch?
1: Looking at that performance yesterday, I'd have to say no. I hope not. I, I hope the player... I think... I can, I, let me go back and think how I would be with Rude. I went out there to go and play, but there was such a negative vibe around what was going on I couldn't express myself. I couldn't go out. And, and then as much as I experienced I was, I wanted to go out there and play. There was that doubt. When Bobby come in and when you have a coach, there's that, there was no doubt. It was like no, we, it was like treading water. You're just trying to keep going. And that's what the players are doing. I'm sure as professionals, they want to go out. When they're warming up, there's a positive vibe. They're getting ready. But they know when they're going out, that the, the, the reins are on. As soon as, as soon as they get it, Wilson dropped back. Get on the get on the edge of the uh, the the centre circle and we'll let him have a ball. He knows it, and and it's been it's been coming and coming. And um, I'd like to think there's still a fight in this in these group of players, uh, and I'm sure it would do. And I'm sure there's a a fight in Steve, but it doesn't look like it from the outside. As I said, I don't see him. I'm not saying throw things. out. I don't see him getting excited. I don't see him getting angry. I don't see him getting frustrated. I just don't see any emotion. Uh, from a man that was a was a top class leader and captain, and that would lead people, lead men. He led he led people like Cantona, Brian Robson, and Mark Hughes. He led men into winning championships. These lot of players need need a leader. They need someone to lead them, and at the moment they're not being led the right way.
0: It doesn't appear so. I mean, when you look at it, you you mentioned there, you know, sitting back and the way the setup up to many people, it's a, it's a defeatist approach. I think what I would like to see is Newcastle just... If Newcastle draw with a side, you don't want to be talking about how good your goalkeeper was. You want to be saying, oh, well, we could have nicked it there at the end or we had a chance, you know, it was a great save from that Carroll header or what have you. But recently, you know, it, it, it is a case that Newcastle have been looking not to lose by two or three goals. Does that frustrate you with someone who cares so much about the club that Newcastle... At times, just appear to be set up not to lose, rather than to to threaten other sides.
1: Oh yeah, uh, I mean, as I said, you go into the games knowing that you're you're hanging on, uh, and that seems to be the the brief at the moment. For is that let's just hang. I mean, as I said, it come out when he said it, Steve, about. You know we've had different quotes from different managers, you know, tonight, So Bobby Robson, it's not about the it's not about the players, it's about the city. You know, Kevin Keegan, I want to give these fans what they deserve. Rafa Benitez, it's no one's bigger than the club. And then you've got someone that comes out and says, We're just happy to survive. My brief is to keep us in the Premier League. I mean, where does that inspire you? And and also for Steve. Steve's you know, if, if Mike Ashley said to me, Warren, your brief is just to keep us in the Premier League. I say, I'm not going to keep you in the Premier League. I'm going to make this challenge. That's what my brief would be. That's how I see it. I don't see as OK, OK, Mike, I'm going to make sure we, we finish you know, 15th. That's, that's good. No, I'm, I want us to... I'm going to show you we're better than that. We're better than surviving. We're, we're, we're more uh, as collective as a group of players and tactically aware and sound as a team with two excellent goalkeepers. We're going to do better than survive. We're gonna, we're we're gonna surprise people. We're gonna challenge people. We're gonna dictate games. We're gonna win games. Um, but as I said, it's it, it's a difficult difficult situation at the moment because of how everything seems uh, around around the club and how people are. You know the you know again you know we had Terry McDermott next to Kevin Keegan, two really big characters and funny people and and wonderful people. I don't see anyone on the backroom staff. Getting them involved with the players and and helping them, and I'm not hearing that from in the club as well. You know, everyone just comes in, does their job, goes in, and there's no qualms, there's no voices, there's no noise. It's just okay, let's go in. We lost, we we try and win the next one, and that's that's not that's not good enough.
0: You mentioned there, Mike Ashley, and you know, obviously he's got his own hopes, his own, own ambitions, and he's sidetracked by this, you know, arbitration of the Premier League and the takeover. We thought that he wouldn't be here by now, owning Newcastle United. Um, you know, unfortunately, he is is Steve Bruce just collateral to Mike Ashley's vision for Newcastle United? Is that would that be a fair point? That you know, maybe Steve Bruce is just operating within what he's been told to do. Is that is that a sort of defence you can you can apply to what to what you're seeing, or has yeah. it been so bad that that doesn't really wash?
1: No, I think if that was me or a lot of people as well, if that's your brief. I'd have a bit more about me than just say, OK, uh, that's my brief and that's what I do. Uh, as I said to you before, it's, and uh, it, it's a surprising with, uh, with Steve Bruce that if he has been given that at the beginning of the season, this is what you're going to, he accepts it. I would like to think there's enough about him. And again, I echo what Steven Gerrard would, has done at Glasgow Rangers. Steven didn't just say, I'm going to go in there and get the club competing with Celtic. They've overtook them. They're, what, 17 points clear, 16 points clear. You know, there's a, there's a certain... If we was West Brom or Brighton or a Sheffield United, that have you know, a, a club like that, if you briefly just the first couple of years in the Premier League, like Bournemouth did, they're staying there. I, I get that. But but, but we're not. We're, we're not that club. We surely shouldn't be that club. If we have, then... We're, we're we're a million miles away from where we should be and where we want to be. And I don't accept that. I don't accept that we are a club that are just plodding along. Not for me. Newcastle United is not that club.
0: So what has to happen now, in your opinion? Does Steve Bruce get a, a few more games to, to turn this around? Do you think he has to go now? What would you like to see happen at Newcastle?
1: As I said to you, I'd like to see it, And I, I would never, ever, and I, I, th- I believe in karma, say someone should get the sack. I don't think that's right. I don't think it's the right thing to do. I don't think Steve should have people say he's deserved to go. Fans, by all means. But people that have been in the game, like you've said, he's a decent guy, he's a good guy. So I would never go, he deserves to be sacked. But what doesn't deserve to happen, that something needs to change. The, the mindset, the attitude, the belief... The togetherness has to change in that football club. Otherwise, we are going to get dragged into that relegation battle. So whether Steve changes his personality or changes his vibe or Mike Astley does whatever he, Mike Astley does or the players or a new face comes in. But something needs to change. You know, it can't get any lower than this. You can't get any lower that you lose. You got knocked out of two cup competitions. One of them was in the championship. So you've got knocked out of two cup competitions. You've got a team that haven't won a game all season that dominate you and beat you 1-0. So it can't get any lower. So it's about rolling your sleeves up, getting down the training field, working out some systems, working out the personnel and finding a way to win games and finding a way to get some life into this club, which it deserves. The club deserve it. The fans deserve it. But Newcastle, everything that people have done in the past, whether it's Bobby War Jackie, whoever it's been, they deserve better than this, than what we're seeing. And uh, that's, that's for me, is what you have to understand, what the DNA of Newcastle is.
0: What would be your message to Mike Ashley? I wrote this morning that if he does stick with Steve Bruce, then he needs to back him in the transfer market and get that midfielder in. Because I feel their midfield is where they're lacking. It's often bypassed. They haven't got that box-to-box midfielder. And simply keeping him in the job isn't good enough. He's going to have to do something to prove that he does believe in him and to improve the team. What would you say to Mike Ashley if you could pick up the phone and say, this needs to happen at Newcastle?
1: I, I would be... When Mike took over, I think he had the wrong... Well, not think, I know. He had the wrong people around him that gave him bad advice. What he should have done, in my opinion, is speak to people that have been in that club and get to know people um, and understand of what, what it means to play for the club. And to echo again, if if he really believes in what he was doing when he bought this club, of what it can potentially be, is is enjoy it. Enjoy being at this club. You know, it it takes money. Yes, we understand that. And he's been given some money. That's not high behind the facts of when, you know, Graham was there or uh, Sam Allardyce, all these coaches, Pardew. They all had money to spend. You know, he he has had money. This group of players as well. I understand we want to bring other players in. But I echo what I said earlier on. You know, there are some really good players in this team. There's some good play, but it's again, it's a mindset of what we're doing. Believe with Mike Ashley, this club is a special club. It ain't a business. It ain't a corner shop. It 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 affects too many people to be like that. Now, if that's not on your agenda, then do what you're trying to do is sell the club. But Mike, if you want to get something special and you want to enjoy something, there's no better place than Newcastle to do it. There is no better place. So it's one or the other. You can't do it half measure with this club. It means too much. You can't just get by and just survive. You're either all in or you're out. It's, it's one or the other. And if you're in, you're going to have the time of your life. Because it, it, for me, you ask anybody, when they played for that club, you know, Les only did it for two years, but he said it's the best time of his life that he ever had. And that's no disrespect to the other clubs, or David Ginola, or you ask, uh, Rob Lee, any of us, it, Shea Given, whoever you want to ask, is the best time you ever had. Speedo used to say it to me. As much as he loved Leeds and Everton... What a club this is. What what a, what a place to play. And, you know, it gets me going now. It gets the hairs on my arms getting up and getting excited because I know what it could be. We had it. We nearly had it. We nearly had it. And uh, unfortunately, we, we we couldn't get over the finishing line. There's not a day goes past that doesn't sit in my my mind or in my stomach about that. But I know what we did at that time, and we did some good things. You know, as I said, beating beating the likes of Barcelona and beating Man United five. no, all right, we didn't win anything, but we had a bloody good go. And people remember that. Um, and that's what I would say to Mike. And I don't think anyone's ever told him like that. And he may turn around and say, you know what, Warren, I don't want that. I want a business that when I, my advice to him would get rid of it. Then sell it to someone. Well,
0: the someone, last
1: time, sorry, I was
0: going to say the last time we spoke on the podcast, we were talking about this potential takeover. We're talking about Pochettino potentially coming in. And it, it, I mean, it, as a fan, it's just, it's just so draining to be in this position where all those hopes you had, what was it? Probably it was, I think it was last July. I'm going to take a guess the last time we spoke on the podcast and it was, it, people were excited. Um, and obviously it, it's now, you know, there's legal uh, arbitration and all that, but it, it's just the turnaround has been quite something and it's been, it's been draining for Newcastle City fans, hasn't it?
1: And, and the reason it is because we all know, how close we are. We all, we all can sense it. And like you said, if it was a new owner and a Pochettino, this, this club doesn't need like restructuring or re I mean, it has the fan base. It has the identity. It has everything going for it. But it, it, that's why it's so frustrating. If you're thinking, well, it's a club that needs to rebuild, regroup, refocus. It doesn't. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Because I know that if someone walked in and changed it around like that, that place would be rocking. It would be a... a a nightmare for the opposition to come and play against them. You would make it that. You would make it intimidating. You would make it that the players, you know, don't want to come up there. The noise, the atmosphere, people walking into the stadium would be there two hours before, not giving their tickets away because they don't want to be there on a Saturday. They'd be in the pub across the road and getting ready to 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 rock and roll before a game. It's it, that's what it is. That's what Newcastle is. It's not, it's not a normal, not a normal place. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's a special, special place. And people need to realise that. And, you know, you get these so-called pundits and they say about this and about that and they just don't get it. You know, how can someone be doing a good job but we feel the opposition's going to beat you? I mean, that, well, there's no logic there. It doesn't, It doesn't, when, you know, like when someone said, that, well, what do they want? They want a club to be ambitious. What, what do you think they want? You know, well, it's not rocket science. They want a team to go out that competes, not to sit there, drain the living daylights out of you and then get out and... And kick the dog or something and then and then get more upset about that it's it's um and I don't I'm not saying people kick a dog I'm not I don't want people having to go for that but you understand <laughs> what I'm saying it's so frustrating
0: well we had a few questions there about the pundits and I think I think you've you've answered that spot on because that is one of the frustrations you've got people who sound like they don't even watch Newcastle United not, for a 90 I'm minutes
1: it, it, is, it is mind-blowing I had someone over here say uh, oh, they think the they stick on Steve is unfair. What do you mean unfair? <laughs> of course, he's he's getting criticism because his team are losing and they're playing poorly and they're playing negative football. Of course, he's going to get criticism. How is that unfair? That's what the job, that's what the job entails. It's, that's what, when you're a manager of a football club, you're in charge of of a performing, you're in entertaining. So how is it unfair or the fans are disillusioned? And they're not. They're the best fans in the world. They understand it. What they don't understand is a team going out and a group of players and a coach that are not looking to win a game against a team that's never won a game this season. That's what's mind-blowing.
0: Summed it up perfectly. We've got a few people asking, um, because I think there was a tweet put out earlier asking if you would take the job. And we've got a few people asking, would you take the job, Warren?
1: Of course I would. Yeah, listen, as I said, I'm qualified and I'd love to. i paid my own flight to get back. Of course I would. That that's that goes without saying. Now, whether that's going to ever happen, I don't know. But um, I'm qualified in the coaching terms and, and stuff like that. But as I said, you know, of course I would do. I'd love to be involved with, with the club. It's a great club. It's I think people know how, how much it's a big part of my life um, with my kids being born and, and everything else in the area and living up there and, and everything else. So, yeah, that goes without saying. And, and I would love to. Um and, you know, whether that ever happens. It, and can I just say for the record, it would be a dream come true. Not, no, I'm not sure. It would be. It would be special. And I'd love every minute of it. Like I did the eight, seven, eight years I was there. And, you know, that that's that's what it should be. It should be a dream for someone. Like when Bobby come back, he said, like, I'm fulfilled now. I mean, how does that make you feel? You know, so Bobby Robson of what he's done, he said, when I come back in and he said that I, I was fulfilled, I was, I'm done now. I've done it. This is This is where I want to be. And what they did to him at the end was out of order as well. <laughs> so I bring that up. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, I think Sir, Sir John Hall, when I spoke to him last year, said something similar about the way that ended. When... Less, can
1: I just say so as well? Sir John Hall was brilliant for me and Les when we first went up there. He not not necessarily Lee Clark and Peter and I said that, but I always remember Sir John sat me down and, and spoke about what the club is and about what he what his vision was, and it was. Fantastic. The best hour of my life. Him and a couple of other people, Sir Bobby and Sir Alex, when I've sat with them, will always be with for the rest of my life. When he sat down and Sir John and Harry spoke about the area, the club. I didn't know. I was, you know, I'd been up there, play games, and what he's and he it didn't disappoint me. It didn't disappoint. Because he knows. Because he knows and he gets it.
0: Mm, he's got such passion uh, even now for the club. Well, I was gonna ask you that, when you first arrived, did you think all these years later you'd be talking about Newcastle United in with such passion, with such love, you know, from that moment you signed up until today, because it's clearly, you know, still it's, it's embedded within you now.
1: Mm. I think, you know, at the time, you know, people would know there was other clubs, whether it was Arsenal, Man City, Everton. But when Kevin came to me uh, and said, Come and join a big club, and Barry Venison as well was great, I was with Barry with it with England, and he sat down and he said, You're going to love it. You're gonna, and again, then them words will always, I remember, like it was yesterday. Um, and just a quick story, I think I told you before, when I was playing for Wimbledon in eight, in February, I was doing a cool down on the field afterwards and the stadium was empty. And I was thinking, with another one of the players I was doing a warm down with, imagine playing for this lot, how great it would be. And then four months later, I was doing it. But when, when Kevin Keegan said to me, come and join a special club, join, come and join a big club. It, yeah, I, I got it straight away. And everything, you know, I was told I, twice I was too small. I played non-league football. So when I got the chance to play for for Newcastle, I wasn't going to give that up, even in some difficult times. You know, people remember it wasn't always easy for me there. I had to win over the fans, and and maybe not one over all of them, but I understood what I was playing for, and that's why I, you know I could have walked away on a, a Bosman and walked out there, but I signed another, you know, another contract as well. So you know, it, it's it's a special special place. It's a great club, and I know everybody feels the same. About their their football club, but Newcastle is different. It's a, as I said, when you get on that train and you're coming into Newcastle, the first thing you see is the stadium. You don't see a, a monument or a castle or anything else. You see the football stadium, and and that's what for me Newcastle is all about.
0: No, one hundred percent. I think everyone can definitely relate to that. We'll just finish with a couple of questions then from uh, our viewers. We've got um Dustin Miller here asking. If you think Alan St-Maxman being out has made the difference, I guess he means negatively in terms of, you know, the, the recent run of form and results, obviously St-Maxman for those listening, watching, uh, he's dealing with, the, you know, the impact of COVID, long COVID, hopefully he'll be back sooner rather than later and we wish him well. Do you think him being out of the side has made a negative impact on your capital?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think he's a big personality, he's a, a key player. Um you know, he did sign his big contract and he sort of, as Alan said, went off the ball a little bit. He is um, probably buying a bit of his Gucci stuff to, to fill up his wardrobe. But now that's all full up. He can go out and play. But yeah, just hopefully with the COVID situation that he's, he's better. But he's going to be a big loss. He's a big personality. He's an exciting player. He's the type of players that Newcastle should be attracting and should be playing and um sooner he's back the better if he's allowed to flourish and go forward and, and entertain and take people on because he's got natural gifting and an ability uh and he's, he's a joy to watch and he for there's not too many players that do it he does get you on the edge of your seat because you're not sure what's going to happen i'm not sure whether he knows but you know you're not sure what he's going to do with ball but normally it's a it's a pretty good thing
0: definitely and we've got um We've got Chris McQuillan here asking, how would you play and set up the team then if it was down to you and you had your choice to send the players out? What would you what would you do?
1: I would, you know, whether it be four at the back, uh, we used to, you know, uh, again, maybe one holding midfield player, two two number eights that want to get forward. My wide players would be close to my number nine. Um, but sometimes I would change it around and, and have maybe two midfield players and, and play with someone just behind uh, my striker. So, yeah, no, I... I I'm flexible. I'm not a coach that just says, right, we're going to go 4-4-2 or 4-3-3. I think players should be allowed to express themselves obviously against who you're playing as well. If they've got weaknesses where, you know, their fullbacks like pushing up, I keep two wide players up against them. One thing I would do, I'd be on the front foot. I, I would want to win games. I'd I make sure that we, we play with high energy. I We, we would press around the field. Uh, but I would be, you know, a coach that, and I've done that over here, you know, in the, in the States. I've, I've done different systems. Um, to weigh things, and also in the game, you know, what some you know people maybe don't realize, someone's on fire at that time and really doing well. Then you have to adjust to to what they're doing. If So if Almiron's on fire at the moment, get him in that number ten position, get him on the ball, get two wide players, and he can then serve it up to your striker. So you've got to be a bit more flexible, um, and and obviously have new ideas and take take chances. You know, take a uh, take the opportunity, and, and and obviously go forward. And as I said, the number one position looks pretty good. Um, And there's some good players there. And I'm sure with a little bit of guidance and enthusiasm, um, which is an important part of the game, uh, we can do well.
0: Well, That was going to be one of the next questions you've mentioned there. The team has some talented players. Uh, Sean Lane asks, do we have enough talent to stay up, even with Steve Bruce in charge? Callum Wilson gets the goals and you would argue yes. They've got a big enough cushion, I guess, as well, to, to not immediately fear a relegation battle but if they keep performing this way then it probably is going to sneak up
1: on them but it's sad that we're talking about that as i said when the new players come in and we went to down to london and beat west ham you're thinking you know what if we if these group of players can play the style of football they're seeing there's no reason why we can't you know maybe get into europa league Uh, and that's what my brief would have been at the beginning of the season are we in the top four Mm, you, you never know but let's let's go for europa football And with them players that we brought in, Lewis at the back and Wilson up front, and there was there was some spark, there was some life, but it just got drained out of us. It got drained out of the players. I think it got drained out of the fans. And as I said, now we're seeing the effect. But it's sad that we're talking about that the squad is possibly strong enough just to stay up. And I'm sure they are. I'm sure, but don't take it for granted. Really don't, because it's it's a dangerous game if you do that.
0: And we're going to finish on on a happy memory. First of all, I just want to know the story behind this picture. Um, For those (laughs) listening later on the podcast, we have it. It it, it looks like a fashion show. We have Warren uh, in a black uh, shirt and uh, white trousers and Les Ferdinand wearing what looks like a a chain (laughs) jacket. Um, You can see a lot of torso there. Can you just explain to our listeners and viewers what's going on there?
1: Yeah, it was all part of when... Me, Les, Shaka and David Janola. It's no surprise that uh, Shaka and David and Les took their shirts off as well because, as you said, with their physiques, they was walking down the runway. But we was asked by the club that was doing a line in clothing as well as the, the old granddad collar shirts, the away shirt and the home shirt. So it was a, a fashion shoot. But you've never seen four more awkward people walking down the road. Actually, David was in his element. Actually, let's go back. David Giannale was in his element uh, with his Saruti modelling career. So, But me, Les and Shaka, we was like wooden cardboard cutouts walking up and down. But we was asked by the club to do a bit of a, a fashion show. Um, and as you see, the, the, the fashion wasn't high-end at that time. But it was, it, it was wearable. But it was all part of the Adidas going with the club, the grande collars, the stuff uh, that the, the, the fans could wear. Uh, and going forward so yeah it was i you'll be safe to say i haven't still got that shirt i got rid of it but it was uh it was all new cast You had the badge on it the emblem the uh, the years and everything else on it but yeah it was a bit of fun we got a bit of stick from it as well from the boys uh, but yeah that was the end of my modeling career it lasted about 90 minutes
0: and i guess that when things are going well you, you know you're happy to do that sort of thing and the mood's good i mean you in the first few years especially you really were quite close You're obviously battling for the title you used to be going out to restaurants to have dinner and all that i mean what was it like what was the the dressing room like under karen keegan then later obviously sir bobby it,
1: it was magnificent you know again we'd come in four new players had come to a team that was obviously been successful and, and then four new faces had come in and everybody was welcome um i think you know, Kevin Keegan knew how I was as a person, so I was like the the chauffeur to Les and David and and Shaka to make sure that they got to events and was around. And you know, elder players made us feel so welcome. You know, whether it was Lee Clark, uh, Steve Watson, uh, the boys would go out for something to eat, and I kept that going. We kept, you know, that was part of my. Uh, role as well, being like vice-captain and, and captain with Rob Lee and Alan, is that we would do that. Like when Alan first come in, we kept going. So the, the team spirit was good. And when Roberto no- Solano, Shay Given, Gary Speed, it was like a, a little tradition, if you like, with, you know, Kieran Dyer, Craig Bellamy, Laurent Ribeur, you know, people like that. Aaron Hughes was coming through, you know, the younger players as well. So it is, you know, again, with Newcastle, because it is just a, a, a city that has one, uh, football club in there you, you have a big responsibility and you know even when the times was tough for myself or the team wasn't winning we'd still go to presentations we'd still go to walls and boys club or we would go into the rbi at freeman hospital and go and see the kids in the in the ward or we go ask to do a presentation for someone or have a picture outside um you know and i remember you know so bobby robson when we'd go down to games and kevin keegan you know, at Sellers Park, which is the worst stadium to get out of. We'd be there an hour and, you know, they'd both be talking to fans, stewards, people. Um, so it was a responsibility. So and part of doing a fashion show and part of, you know, season ticket holders or going up to the Platinum Club. it was all, it was all part of it, you know, and after a game, it wasn't just one or two of us that would go over to the fans. It it was made sure that all of us would go over there. Um win or lose. And you know, you have to take the rough with the smooth and um, as I said, you know, people sort of, I think, respected that in the end because we didn't hide, you know. If we was out, I remember being with my wife in a Chinese restaurant and two two or three guys was in a work do and you know, they were sitting at the table for 45 minutes talking to us about the game and what went wrong. So, you know, that's part of representing the club and um, it, it, was, it was never an issue. And um, as I said, that's what the fans, you know, they want to be part of it, you know. They want to be um, a gap between the fans and the players. It shouldn't be like that.
0: Do you, obviously, you were in the States. Do you miss that? I mean, if you came back to live in the UK, do you think you, you, you might end up settling in Newcastle and, and have that, get that, you know, feeling again where you are walking down the street with your milk, but you'll bump into four or five fans wanting a photograph?
1: Yeah, I mean, every time we go out there, I mean, it's, when I've been back and my, my son went on a football tour with his, his local team here, um, and it was no coincidence, one of the places we went, which was St. James's Park, um so yeah there's and whenever we go back i speak to people as i said I've got a lot of good friends still up there uh, it's a great part of the world so yeah when i am back um you know obviously with the pandemic it's it's not being able to do that but when we've had the opportunity we go back and i know alan's there and, and obviously uh, steve harper and people like that so um I'm, I'm sure they can they can put me in their spare bedroom uh while i'm doing a, a bit of coaching or something
0: and just finally then what is your most memorable game at newcastle what is the one game that you tell everyone about
1: i think i told you this but all, all of them i loved it all but there's no doubt the barcelona champions league game um the 5-0 against manchester united uh which is special the game that maybe a lot of fans won't remember we beat nottingham forest 5-0 which qualified us to get into the champions league and actually Sundland and middlesbrough they got relegated so that was a pretty special time but it's like anything. Your first. I remember the first game uh, at home against Coventry, where we won three 0 and Les scored, and the place was was ballistic, uh, and every it seemed like everybody was wearing a black and white shirt. You know, me and Les was warming up beforehand. So you know, I was lucky. Two hundred and twenty games I had for the club. They was all special in, in my mind, but definitely the first one. Um, and as I said, the other one, the, the FA Cup semi-finals was great as well at, uh, at Old Trafford. You know, winning them. Seeing the fans, seeing the uh, excitement in their eyes and their face—that's what the club is all about for me, you know. And you know, you know, Old Trafford may argue and United fans, but I remember my wife being in the, the in the stadium. She thought it was going to fall down because they was going crazy in the stadium, and uh, and that's what supporting Newcastle for me is all about. And that's how the fans should feel every time we go out and play, uh, which unfortunately at the moment is not happening.
0: Can you then just give? as the final uh, question to you, just give our listeners and our viewers and the Newcastle United fans some hope going into this. What has, well, what is a tough year at the moment of only 13 days in, but can you give us some hope as a Newcastle United
1: fan? There's about three teams that are worse than us, but no, I think, as I said, <laughs> I think the, the players we've got are good enough to, to do well in this league, if it's a mindset and a change. So my, not to the fans because they know what they want, to the players would be go out there and play aggressive, pressing on the front foot football and take the game to other teams. Don't sit back. We're not good enough to sit back. Let's go and challenge them and and look like you enjoy playing for that club. Look like it. And I'm not saying they don't, but look like they enjoy being around that football club, coming into training, going to St James's Park, wearing that shirt enjoy it because there ain't other clubs like it. I'm telling you, there's not other clubs like it. So, you know, the fans don't need it. They know, they know. That's what they're desperate for. They want people to understand it inside that change room, inside that stadium. And if you don't know it, you shouldn't be there.
0: Simple as that. Well, while we do appreciate you taking the time. To everyone listening and watching, please remember to like and subscribe from whatever platform you're doing that on uh, and enjoy the rest of your evening.